Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium, and it features Bill Pappas, the Executive Vice President and Head of Technology and Operations at MedLife. Well, with that, let me introduce Bill Pappas. Bill is the Executive Vice President and, as I mentioned a moment ago, the Head of Technology and Operations at MetLife, a role he's had for roughly two and a half years now. MetLife, as many of you would know, of course, is a 154-year-old company that generates roughly $70 billion in annual revenue. And like all behemoths um, of a certain age, when Bill joined the organization, he recognized there was a need to modernize some of the practices at this uh, this old uh, but 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 um, uh, distinguished organization. And I look forward to talking to him about the methods that he used through this conversation. Speaking of scale, Bill is familiar with it from multiple stops along his career journey. Uh, prior to his role at MetLife, he spent 14 years at Bank of America, the last four of which uh, he was the head of global operations. And I think what's really particularly interesting is this combination of tech and ops, which we're seeing still a very small club that Bill is a member of, but one that we're seeing as a logical expansion from people who run technology within organizations and look forward to, among other insights that we'll draw from him, some of the logic there. Bill, welcome to our digital symposium. It's great to speak with you today. Well, thank you, Peter. And again, uh, thank you for having me. I've always have been a huge fan of your work and your ability to bring communities together and have very valuable discussions. So I'm honored. Uh, to be part of your uh, discussion today. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's, that's a great honor for me to hear that, Bill. Thank you for your kind words. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Cisco, and the company's chief information officer, Jackie Gushalar. As we enter a time of hybrid work environments, Jackie wanted to take a moment to share how companies can stay ahead of this emerging trend and make informed decisions on the future of work. Jackie, over to you. Hi, this is Jackie Gushalar, SVP and CIO of Cisco. Today, we're at a unique time in history with the ability to redefine work. Work is no longer where you go, it's what you do and how you do it. And it is powered by the convergence of people, technology and places. It's permanently reshaping expectations of both employees and employers alike. To navigate this changing landscape, Cisco's Hybrid Work Index can help you make informed decisions by providing global insights on people's preferences, habits, and technology use in the era of hybrid work. It's based on millions of global data points and insights to help you win the war for talent, accelerate your innovation, and enhance business safety and security. Search Cisco Hybrid Work Index to learn more. Thanks, Jackie. And now on to our broadcast. Well, why don't we begin with that combination, if you, if you wouldn't mind, Bill. As I mentioned, it's a small group that you're a member of, but I think one, at least in my estimation, is that is going to grow. Talk a bit about, from your perspective, the power of the combination of technology and operations under the responsibility of a single executive. Yeah, no, thank you. Great question. And again, I think there's a couple of things that, that combining those roles really brings to life, not only from a function perspective, but also from a company perspective. The first one, it's really helped us to set a more holistic approach on how we manage in customer journeys. So think about our traditional developer teams being able to create new capabilities in digitized customer interaction, sitting next to our infrastructure groups that they help to set those interactions at the resilience level that really makes sense from a customer point of view. My team then sits next to cybersecurity. So not only we develop with a cyber mindset, but also being able to protect those customer assets as we're going through this. Then collaborating and working very closely with our data and analytics groups to make sure that our data is not only protected, but fit for purpose every single time that we need to use it. 
and then really collaborating with the folks that are on the phone every single day with our customers. So think about our service advisors that really talk to the customer every single day, either to really service their the request or to give them ad- advice and give them guidance through our processes. So think about the power of that end-to-end and make sure that we truly understand how those customer journeys really work for us. That's number one. Number two, it really helped us with our decision-making process. By really looking at this end-to-end, we have a better understanding of upstream and downstream impacts. We start changing the way we're measuring ourselves with more customer lenses versus individual lenses within those groups. And that gives us, what I believe, an advantage of being able to go to market and enable the business in a way that brings agility that we have not seen before. Now, the last thing that we'll tell you from an experience also gives you a huge responsibility. My team is half of MetLife, both from a resources perspective, but also from a budget perspective. So when we talked about your performance really matter, I will say our performance really reflects the performance of the company. So I think it's a powerful combination that comes with a lot of responsibilities, but also really, and at the end, allows our people to be able to see their career progressing throughout all of those subgroups within the technology and operation organization as well. Yeah, that's a great overview. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bill. You know, um, as you point out, uh, you allude to it in your answer, but I'd like to get into it a little bit further. You know, people, uh, the need to invest in people, uh, especially during these times of the great resignation, uh, the war for talent, which has never been more fierce as today, that investment becomes uh, even more important. I know you say uh, your people are your greatest asset. Yes. Um, how how do you uh, how do you do so? How do you what sort of investments are you making um, at a time when it's been so difficult for companies to to keep their best staff? Yeah, I always talked about uh, obviously people the great asset because they truly are. But one of the things that I learned early in career and I learned it from uh, Zach Wells when I used to be a GE. And you know, when you're coming in and you have the the luxury of being a mentor. And one of the things that he asked me then is, what is your job, Bill? And I was very quickly to answer, I'm an accountant. Like, no, you're not, you're an HR manager. So the whole idea, I will start and said, for us, people are truly everything that we do. And as a leader, your role is to be number one, a human resources manager and everything else, because you need to put that attention. So for us, we have done a couple of things. First of all, getting very clear in terms of what type of a skill set, what type of people and leaders we need to bring into MetLife. And for us, a combination of people that they're really good at the craft, they needed to understand they're technically capable of doing that, but also people that understand the domain expertise of what we're about to do, which is insurance and financial services. And the third thing is being commercial enough, not only to be able to understand what technology is able to do, and, and being able to bring it in, in within your uh, financial services. But do you understand how do we make money? And as soon as you do that, then can you lead people? So we got really good in terms of what type of leaders that we want to attract. And then we went out and making sure that we were able to articulate our value proposition as an insurance that wants to break free in some cases from our industry boundaries. And also we put a lot of efforts on how do you retain? And from a retention perspective for us, we paid very close attention to two things. One is our ability to keep our workforce always contemporary. 
So we have what we call the GTNO Academy, our ability to be able to provide the right technical training so our people feel that they can develop technically within MetLife and making sure that they're they're up to par for what it needs to manage today, but also looking ahead of what's coming. And the second thing that we pay a lot of attention, uh, it was around how do you develop them as leaders? Nobody will dispute that what we have seen for the last couple of years completely have changed the way that people need to manage. So we're spending a lot of attention ensuring that we are equipped our leaders with the skill sets to be able to lead with the realities of today versus what we had before. And the last but not least, which is the most important and takes the longest time for us, it's then creating a culture that the folks that you brought in, the folks that you're developing, they believe they can achieve their career aspirations within MedLife. So think about a culture that it is de- really deep on that diversity, inclusion, and um, uh, innovative, and also the ability to be able to develop. And one of the powerful things that we have, at least within MetLife, it's what you just talked about, it, a consolidated taken up. So when I have those uh, leaders that they are really technical and commercial and people, how do they go from application development to cyber, from cyber to data, from data to infrastructure? to servicing people. Nobody, I mean, I've seen folks that are coming out of this to be able to service the customer with that knowledge. It's incredible. So that's why we're paying a lot of time for us uh, around this and being able to manage that great resignation. And quite frankly, not only we're trying to retain and we're retaining our folks, but where is the opportunities out there? I see the great resignation also as an opportunity for us to be able to bring more talented people within our organization as well. Uh, really interesting insights that you share there. Thank you, Bill. Bill, I wanted to continue. One of the great insights you shared with me uh, in a recent conversation that we had was that people do not bucket their expectations by the industries represented in the various businesses that they do business with. They don't say, well, okay, this is what I'm expecting for a bank, different from an insurance company, different from a grocery, a, 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 you know, grocery um, that I might visit, et cetera. And one needs to be more cognizant of experience, customer experience writ large, because the residue of good experience for all of us uh, impacts the way in which we value and judge uh, all who we do business with as individuals, as well as businesses. Talk a bit about the way in which you've thought about that, of casting the net more widely as you think about the experience you provide for customers. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a not only accurate, but I think a very exciting opportunity for us, at least within the insurance. But uh, we put the customer at the center of everything that we do. And again, very, very simple. Customer is a North Star. And as soon as you do that, we went out and just said, okay, what does the customer need? And one of the things that I'm not sure if it's pricing or not, but we've seen it uh, obviously over the last couple of years is the customer wants to be serviced the way they want to be serviced. And they want to be serviced the best way that they had the last experience allow them to feel good about that. So for that, just thinking about that completely takes out whatever barriers or whatever industry boundaries that we've been discussing about it. Within MetLife, we've done three things. The first one was around making sure that we are understanding those trends and not only understanding those trends within the insurance, but understanding those trends broadly within the financial services. The second thing that we have done, we got very specific on how do we start innovating those capabilities that the customer needs 
beyond what we see the traditional insurance border. Just to give you an example, we last, last year around financial wellness, we launched AppWise. AppWise is a digital solution for us that focusing on building positive financial habits. So think about an insurance company, six and seven and, eight and 12 months ago, nobody thought that we will be talking about financial wellness that way. That is because of what we're seeing out there and the trust that our customer has on us. Not only do you talk about wellness in a transaction form that you see a lot of big financial institutions, but focusing on that financial habits that we're trying to help them build. The second thing, then we look at some logical extensions of the insurance. Health management, well, it's not a traditional product. We really looked and we went into the health management. So we launched a Health360 application in Asia that really helps our customers being able to manage their health habits and make sure that they stay healthy. And the last thing, we went back to our core and said, now how do we scale what we are good at from a corporate perspective? So bank assurance, this is where we're selling insurance through the mega banks outside of the US. We digitize the entire service or the way that their customers looking at that. So if you look at it, we grounded ourselves into the, what the customer needs beyond our borders. And we really push ourselves to figure out how we, as an insurance company, really being able to meet those requirements. And the last thing that we have done is we change the way we take the pulse of the customer. So in addition to being able to keep asking our, cost, our transactional nature of the customer satisfaction, now we're moving back and say, what is the relationship looks like with MetLife? Will you suggest MetLife to the rest of your friends? And what is it that you need for MetLife beyond the traditional products that, we, that you have been accustomed and to be able to get from us? Yeah, really great, great overview there, Bill. Uh, we have just about a minute left. Uh, and I wanted to just briefly ask you about, again, a great insight you once shared with me that, you know, there are many people that would say, woe is uh, the, the the company that is a century and a half uh, in terms of its its practices as compared to, in your case, insure tech companies that had the blank slate in terms of developing all that they need to do, that there are obvious disadvantages in the comparison. But you believe strongly in the advantages, uh, now having worked for multiple companies that have insurgent startups, venture-backed organizations that are entering the space. Uh, in brief, if you don't mind, uh, talk, talk about the advantages of a company with a storied history like yours uh, as you think about competition and at times co-opetition with the insure techs. No, that's a great question. I mean, again, look at, uh, we talked about MetLife, 150 years old company across four regions, 40 different countries. But those are the advantages, brand recognition and customer trust. We've been out there for a very, very long time. Our customer trusts us and our customer recognize who we are. We have proven ability to reinvent ourselves. It's 150 years. There is a lot of things that we had to do to be able to stay as contemporary as we needed to be. We have been, what I call, we have been battle tested out there. And we have been able not only to survive, but to thrive from this. And we have been as a company, a part of our communities that we serve across the 40 uh, different countries. So all of that really got, boils down to, it gives us a purpose. And our purpose as a company is to have a level of confidence that we can remain contemporary as you, as, as you servicing our customers. So I think those advantages 
And those calls to action is how do we keep another 150 years and how do you build on such a strong foundation in the experiences that you had over the time? Well, Bill Pappas, thank you so much for a great and dynamic conversation representative of the remarkable work you and your team are doing. Thank you so much, so much for joining us today and for sharing your insights. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it, Peter. Thank you.